dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hello, listeners. This is Father Michael. I am back with Mother Natalia for a usual episode. Um, so great to be back with her. This is her episode, and we are talking about questions to ask ourselves um, about what Christ has actually done in our life, um, about how that changes us and how we let those changes be seen in the world um, and shown to the world in a way that that helps others as well as we grow in holiness that overflows to others as well. So please do enjoy this episode. We also uh, come up with a new hashtag, a new new way of, of describing laziness as inspired by a four-year-old, five-year-old, one of the two. Um, if you are a hashtag banter hater, please do skip ahead nine minutes and 35 seconds after the end of this recording. Christ is baptized? <laughs> yes, for just today, well, until oh. dark. That's not very responsive. Glorify him in the Jordan. <laughs> um, it is not dark. It's not even two o'clock yet, PM. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know how this works. <laughs> All I know is that it's almost dark here in Los Angeles because it has been raining for three weeks straight. And it's amazing. Whoa. California is as green as it was when Lewis and Clark came two states away. Sorry, I'm talking without thinking. <laughs> what yeah. happened in the early early days of the U.S.? Lewis and Clark know. did Don't not come to questions. California. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, the that's crazy. Well, it's I'm beautiful. in. Um, I'm in New York. I'm in beautiful um, Skinnakitty or Schenectady. Uh, yeah. <laughs> visiting. It's from an earlier episode a while back. Um, visiting my parents on my home visit. So that's nice. So. By the way, I saw a picture of you with with some listeners. Yeah. I just want to commend you for doing that kind of thing when you travel. I never even thought of that. So but I should be like, "Hey, I'm in St. Louis." Um, thank you for commending me for that. That's not what I did. Um, that would be very sweet oh. of me, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I have done that. Like I've met up with um, listeners a couple times. Uh, like my. Um, We've now become friends, Beth. Uh, shout out to Beth. But like when I knew that she lived in uh, the Minneapolis area, and so um, when I went through the airport, I had a long layover, and I met up with her on the way to the Pelos wedding. Um, but then, uh, so I've kind of I've done that in Colorado for sure um, with listeners in in the Denver area. But no, this time was uh, our friend Frank, my, who goes to my parents' parish. Um, he met these girls at the parish, like these young high school, mostly high school girls. Um, one of them's like college age. And he was like, uh, said something about a nun who was coming to the parish the next weekend because she'd be on her home visit. And they were like, who's the nun? And he said, Mother Natalia. And they're like, ah, you know Mother Natalia? And he's like, I know Mother Natalia. And so then he asked me if I would like meet up with them for coffee or something. Um, so I did. And they were so delightful. Father Michael, I was like really, really edified by this evening. Um, just really mature, really um, wholesome girls. I, yeah, it was They great. gave you hope for the world. So much hope, yeah. 
That's what um, happens with me when I meet people like that. Yeah. And that's why my, my parents went as well. And so my parents hung out with us and Frank, the guy who arranged it. And, uh, and they were saying the same thing. Um, and, um, especially like my parents and Frank watching us, uh, you know, they were kind of just like, this is, this is the next generation. And like, this is the, this is the future of the church. And this is, um, but yeah, we were all saying the same thing. It just was, was really, um, inspired a lot of hope. So shout out to Therese and Catherine and Juliana and Alessandra. Nice. Mm-hmm. You're very brave to start giving names. <laughs> I would have forgotten like two of them. Um, like, sorry, y'all. <laughs> halfway through, I got worried that I'd forgotten, but, but then I, I thought of them. So. I should have taken down names. I met so many good listeners at Seek that came up to me Ugh, and um, so introduced themselves and I'm sure said their name at some point and I should have just written them all down. <laughs> um, shout out to... Uh, the girl who Stop. who made me feel like a total champ in the hallway as I was like running to something and she's like, Mother Michael, and then had a selfie. That was awesome. Um, shout out to all those who came to the talk who got in my line instead of Cameron Frad's. Um, I commend you. Cam- Cameron Frad's line was a lot longer than mine, but it was still cool. Um, I had Cameron Frad on it. All, all, uh, oh, you don't know that yet. I think I think this one comes out before my Seek episode with Cameron. Yeah. By the way, Kat, the Cameron Fat interview was she is so beautiful mm-hmm. and so vulnerable and so like aware of her own weakness and suffering and she shares stories that I would not be courageous enough or humble enough to share if I was a dad. She's amazing. I really really love her. Uh that was great. Did you have a good time at Seek? Obviously, you did. It was amazing. I did. It was it was awesome. My parents were there. My niece was there. My brother and sister in law were there. And then it's just you, you just there's I I I don't know why I expected to get anything done other than just walking around and hanging out with people. Yeah. Um, it was so good and just running into almost everybody I've known from other places. Matt Tynan called me and he's like, "That was like a family reunion." He's like, "I love Seek. It's like a family reunion. You mm-hmm. get there and you just everybody that's." loves Jesus that you've met over the past few years. They're all there. They're all loving it. They're all doing different things. You're trying to catch up with people and it's just too busy. Yeah, it's amazing. That's great. Uh, Well, totally unrelated, before I move into the actual topic, I want to tell you a story that I wanted to tell you at the end of Direction, but then I forgot about it and so I didn't tell you. And it's amazing. (laughs) I didn't ask my brother and sister-in-law if I can tell this story, but I'm sure they'd be fine with it. Uh, I'll ask them before it comes out. Um. So Matthew, the four-year-old nephew that we've talked about before, the one who like gives blessings and who's just super cute and adorable. And he's like, oh my gosh, the things that this kid says, he's he's gotten into now, like when he leaves the room, he says, got a dash. And I'm like, what are you, an 80-year-old man? <laughs> um, but then he also, uh, he's in this thing now where when his parents say like, no, Matthew, you you can't go outside and play right now. You know, he'll be like, Wait, wait, wait. Hear me out. <laughs> just like 10 minutes. And he just, it's, I don't even know. But um, the funniest thing, I went home for two days to, to their house, to my brother and sister-in-law's house after Christmas. And um, it was super fun. Oh my gosh. I built uh, the best fort ever for Matthew and Angelo and Bella. And we went, um, we played outside a snowball fight. I pummeled Angelo with snow. Uh, 
wrestling. There was lots of wrestling, which was really fun. And yeah, it was just great. Um, but Matthew, <laughs> one night, it's time for bed. It's time for bed. And Lindsay, his mom, says, Matthew, go get your go get your purple drink. Um, and it's like his juice that he his watered down juice, whatever. Literally, all he needs to do is walk around to the other side of the table and get his juice, right? But he like throws himself backwards and starts crying. And he's like, mommy, please, will you get my juice for me? Because my legs hurt so bad. And she's like, oh, well, honey, if, if your legs hurt, we need to go to the doctor. And he's like, no, mommy, you don't understand. They don't like hurt, hurt. They they don't like doctor hurt. They just home hurt. <laughs> Um, and my sister is in the other room and she just calls out. She's like, Matthew, that's called laziness. <laughs> but um, I'm totally going to start using that. <laughs> my legs home, home hurt. hurt. <laughs> um, yeah, that kid is so funny. So That's going to be a hashtag. I'm writing it down. Home hurt. Hashtag home hurt. Um, people are going to think that's like some deep, <laughs> profound thing exactly. we talked about, about like <laughs> emotional abuse in the home or something. And it's like, nope. It's, it's Especially just, those who skip the banter who would not be listening to this right now. So they'd be like, I didn't even hear anything about home hurt. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. Well, that's totally unrelated to the topic, but we're going to move into the topic now. So um, that was like the... So you just say, just say speaking of home hurt and then just talk about whatever you want and it really doesn't matter. Do but that. Make you it do sound that. You do that and I just can't. Um, <laughs> so here's, here's the honest thing. Um, this episode was inspired by a picture <laughs> that um, you took of me when I was in LA oh. one time and I was, um, um, I was playing with Georgia and who is your pet snake. And she came up as you were taking a picture, or maybe Mother Gabriella was taking it, I don't remember. And she comes up and like comes across my face and it like looks like I have a snake mustache. And Which is awesome. It's awesome. And you should get that tattooed. A snake get, across like, a my face. Tattoo of a snake across your yeah. upper lip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, I'll ask uh, I'll ask Mother Theodora and Bishop Milan for permission okay. for that. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they'll readily agree. And uh, just surprise them with it. I think they'll think it's great. Be like, <laughs> I'd normally ask you for this, but I thought you'd love this. I'm surprising you. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> happy Easter! Um, <laughs> and this was like so brilliant. This picture, and I was like, someday. Someday, this was like a year ago. I was like, someday I'm gonna I'm gonna make an episode and it's gonna be called I Must Ask You a Question. And we're gonna use that picture for the graphic. And that's the story of the inspiration of this episode. But actually uh only the deepest things on this podcast. Are deep <laughs> only the deepest things. <laughs> um I had a very deep theological conversation with Frank, the one who um got me together mm. together with those girls from the parish, and we talked for like two hours um about Star Trek and it was amazing. Um, there actually was some like theological discussion in it, but anyways, uh, so what I'd like to do for this episode is I want to share some of the questions that I've been kind of coming, that have been coming up in my heart during prayer, um, as I've been really like the Lord's been convicting me of a lot of things recently. And I want to share some of those, those questions, some of the pondering, some of the convictions, um, but I share them 
with the hope that our listeners and you, Father Michael, um, can be asking yourselves the same question. Um, so this is the theme of I must ask you a question is um, I'd like you to be asking yourself these questions and um, kind of reflecting on them uh, maybe throughout the week until next week's episode or even longer, whatever. Um, yeah, so that's what I would like to do. It's really dark in here. Let me, I'm going to try to turn on a light. Um, and um, is that horribly offensive to your eyes, that that light? No. Okay, great. No. Um, so the first one came because uh, I was at a, I was at the, I was a lector at an installation of a friend of mine, shout out to Father Father Scott Goodfellow. He was installed as pastor of a couple parishes, and um, he asked me to lecture, and uh, which was really funny because I didn't know the things to do of like, <laughs> like when you bow the word and when of you... the Lord. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that part's in their in their book, which is really oh, helpful. That's good. Um, yeah, but uh, at one like Mother Gabriella had to kind of nudge me and be like go up it's time to go up um and which you is sad done, you should like, like walk in front of the altar at a full prostration just because like <laughs> so people think that's what we've been used to yeah <laughs> a little should. twirl a full prostration <laughs> <laughs> did you just snort that was amazing i, I don't usually snort i know i'm, I'm I thinking do. of all these like over the top <laughs> things to just scandalize the romans like man those byzantines are crazy oh <laughs> Oh, we love our Romans. Okay, so <laughs> we love them enough to lecture at their installations. So the the bishop in his homily at the installation, no, Father Scott gave the homily. The bishop had a reflection, like some reflections afterwards. And one of the things he said is um, he he posed this question of, if my life has been changed by Jesus, like most of us, those of us who are serious about our faith would say that Jesus has changed our life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if my life has been changed by Jesus, do I live as though my life has been changed by Jesus? And I think this is a really beautiful question. Um, and and it's what, you know, it's what the it's what the Pope talks about whenever he says that like we shouldn't have sour-faced Christians and things like that. And and it's what it's what so many people are like pushed away from Christianity because of those who are Christian in name who are just like hateful or, um, you know, all of these things. And, um, and so I think it's a really good question of, do I, if I, if my, if my life has actually been changed by Jesus, is that clear? Um, am I living as though my life has been changed? And, uh, as I was as I was kind of pondering that question, I was praying with two different passages from Scripture, and the first is um, from the first chapter of John. I mean, this is all over the place, right? Like this is the whole this is the whole theme of the Gospels is people encounter Jesus and their life is changed. So I could pick any passage out of out of the Gospels, and and we would find this. But um, in the first chapter of John, um. In verse 34, uh, after we hear about John the Baptist saying, behold the Lamb of God, and um, 
um, I saw the spirit descend from heaven and so on and so forth. Um, in verse 34, he says, I have seen and borne witness that this is the son of God. And we just, we see John the Baptist and his life, he lives his life all inspired by his encounter with, with God. Um, and in particular after, after Jesus, but even before Jesus, right? It's just his encounter with God inspires his entire life. But like people know from John the Baptist, from what he's saying, from what he's wearing, from how he's living, they know that this man is living for God. And, um, and we see this uh, as well. The second passage that I was reflecting on is um, John chapter four, which this is one of my favorite passages um, in scripture. And it's one that we've talked about before, especially because of our, our nonprofit Fotina. But we hear the story of the woman at the well who uh, in, in our tradition, we give the name Fotina. And um, I won't go through the whole story of the woman at the well because most people are familiar with it. And if you're not, it's, it's John chapter four, um, pretty much the whole first half of um, John four. And actually like two thirds. Uh, But anyways, at the end of this, this woman has this radical conversion and she is in love with the Lord and she wants everyone to see this love. And so verses 39 through 42, it says, many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them and he stayed there two days and many more believed because of his word. And then, and then the, last, the last verse, they said to the woman, it is no longer because of your words that we believe for we have heard ourselves and we know that this is indeed the savior of the world. And, but like it's, it's the Samaritan woman, it's Fotina's witness to this radical encounter that she had, that's what draws people to Jesus. And then they encounter him themselves. And now they're like, it's no longer your word. Now we, now we know, and we believe because we've encountered him and then their lives are changed. Um, and, and I don't just mean, so I guess the, how this has been so convicting for me is not just, um, you know, in both of those examples that I gave in scripture, the people are talking about uh, their encounter with the Lord, right? John the, pa- the, John the Baptist is saying what he actually saw. He's sharing this with people. Uh, Fotina does the same thing. And, but it's, it's so much deeper than that. And this is where the conviction came from me because I'm like, especially after doing this podcast for a while and giving talks and just living in the monastery where people are coming there because they want to hear, um, they want to hear about the Lord. They want to encounter the Lord, and so it's very easy for me to talk about Him, to talk about my prayer, to talk about, um, you know, that kind of vulnerability and that kind of zeal about my relationship with the Lord um, is is no longer difficult. But but it does. I have been asking the question of like, is my life changed by Jesus? Am I living as though my life has been changed? Am I constantly striving to grow in my relationship with him? Am I constantly desiring to be purified or am I being becoming content 
Am I stagnant? Am I no longer, because, because conversion is a continual thing. Mm. Metanoia is a continual thing. This, this turning around, this turning back, this, we have to be constantly coming back to the Lord and, um, an encounter with him is a continual thing, right? It's not like we encounter him one time and then everything is different and then it remains that forever. Like we have to be constantly encountering him. And, and we, we do this every time, like we do this through the, through the mysteries, through the sacraments. Um, but we also do it through reading the scripture, through praying the Jesus prayer, through, um, through encountering him in other people. And so the question is, are those encounters actually purifying me and causing me to live my life more deeply in union with him? Yeah. <clears throat> and how is that how is that union being a homily to the world? Mm-hmm. You know, you just you and I we were we were specific things out into the world that reveal that that we have a relationship with Christ and it matters enough that we we have we have we have altered our appearance, you know, based upon that for our own sake first, for our own holiness, and then second of all, for for that witness to the world. Um, and I, I think that that's it is interesting. It's like you, you. I love the process of, you know, you if you go to a monastery, you're you come and see, then you're an observer, then you're a dokimos, and then you know you you get tonsured, and and you and you the different the different pieces of clothing that you put on manifest at different levels of commitment. <clears throat> um, but like that is such a big decision to literally wear your habit for the rest of your life. Um, and, and then all of a sudden you, you're wearing the habit and then you're called a beginner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're like, now you begin mother, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and, and so there's, there's not even a, there's at no point do we rest and say, okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm enough of a witness. I'm, I'm close enough to Christ as his spouse in your case, you know, that there, there's all these things. And then you, Jesus is like, okay, more now what? Like, mm-hmm. how, how are you going to grow closer to me and then witness to, to me in a different way? Mm-hmm. Um, I had an interesting experience because um, I, whenever I think about this, you know, how do I act like I'm a Christian? Do I act like I love Christ? The always, I know this has happened since I was a kid. I always, the story of the Good Samaritan has, has, has struck me, probably the story I remember most from being a kid. And I always imagined that, I've probably shared this before, but that if I was the priest of the Levite, I was running to somewhere I wanted to go, somewhere I looked forward to for a long time. Like as a kid, it's like, okay, Christmas morning, and I'm running down the hall to open my presents. And all of a sudden, in my own hallway, if you will, in the hallway of my house, there's someone who needs my attention. And it's like, I can either run and go open my presents and have the best morning of the entire year that I look forward to every year, or I can sit and and talk with this person and miss that moment. Mm. What would I do? Even as like a child, I was like, Oh man, like I, I, would would I stop? Would would I, you know, step away from a busy schedule and give this person the attention that they need that God is calling me to? Um, but sometimes it's the opposite. So, like the other night, there were two two moments. I I got to to Taisho, my usual restaurant, and I was sitting there, and it was such a good night. I was sat Michael Dorn there. Michael Dorn was not there. So, um, yeah, and he actually last time I saw him, he refused to give you a. Uh, an autograph. Stop. I did. He didn't even let me take a picture. Are you serious? Because you were a nun. No, just kidding. You're <laughs> I, didn't, a, I only oh, see that. <laughs> I only see that one time. 
<laughs> if I ever see him again, I will beg. I will beg him. See, I will like, give him the total despair that every, just happened on oh, my face. I, did. I will give. He's like Mother Natalia. I've heard of her. No, no. Oh. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but the uh, but so I, I'm sitting. I don't there want his such... autograph. I want to meet him. <laughs> well, you live in a monastery. I know. Okay, keep going. <laughs> um, so. I, I'm sitting there and it was just, it was a good night because I walk in and I get my usual drink and then food just starts arriving. And I'm thinking like they, they are, they are truly feeding the hungry here because like they just start putting food in front of me that I did not ask for. I, mm. I am not going to pay for. And so I just, it was a very spiritual experience of like, I'm a charity case here, but I love <laughs> it. Like I, it just, I, I, it, they're not, I'm not a charity case for the food. I get food anywhere, but I'm a charity case for, for, to be able to be at a place like that where mm. I have where I love interacting with people in that context. And so I've eaten my food. The bartender recommends a second drink. He's like, hey, you gotta try this thing, Father. I was like, okay. So I try this drink. I've been sitting there for an hour. So I'm like, okay, I can have a second drink. And all of a sudden these three girls come in and they know the owner too. And they they sit down and he introduces them to me. And one of them I've met before. And then they they start talking almost immediately about celibacy. That's like always the question when when they see a priest out. It's always like, so explain this whole celibacy thing to me. So one of them's like, well, it's been this long since I've had sex. One's like, it's been this long since I've had sex. And they're like, how about you? <laughs> and I'm like, um, and I, again, I, I don't always like saying this because not every priest is in the situation, but like, I've never had sex. Like, mm-hmm. And so I, I said, I've never had sex. And the one girl's like, he's lying. And like they just they just refused to believe it and they moved on. Yeah. Like they absolutely did not believe it. Um and then and then the level of inebriation got to the point where I was like th- I was their like, level I went, of inebriation. Their, to be thank clear. you. Their yeah. level of inebriation <laughs> went from and th- this is always the case. You gotta you gotta kinda time it when you're doing bar ministry, you gotta time it when when you can be there, when people are there, but also people are not there are gonna remember the conversation and you know, mm-hmm. actually be able to think critically. And they got to that level and so um I was like, I love this conversation because it's, we were talking about everything, everything. And they were asking all the right questions. And then all of a sudden they got to that point and I was just saying, you know what? Time to leave, you know, mm-hmm. time to leave. And I got up and I left and like one of the girls was just like protesting and like, no, let's continue the conversation. And the other girls were like rolling, rolling their eyes at her. And it was like, and I was like, I just need to get up and go. And I remember walking out of the restaurant going, that was a very spirit led moment mm-hmm. of I'm going to witness to Christ and leave, like not engage, but actually leave. Mm-hmm. And and that that was a witness to my priesthood. That was a witness to Christ. It was, and the bartender saw it, the owner saw it. They were all just kind of both smiling at me, like, "Yep, that's that's your cue, Father." You know. And I got out. I left. I was like, that was actually kind of hard to do because it was such a good conversation, and I mm-hmm. I had hope for the conversation for evangelization. And then and then, but Holy Spirit was like, "Nope, time to go." So I, there, there's it, it is interesting how how unique. And personal, sometimes these witnesses are to the to the the moment and where you are and, and what you're supposed to do. And um, again, we 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 pray that we grow closer to Christ, and we pray that 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 manifests itself in, in very unique ways in whatever our personal vocation is in that moment. So that actually ties really really well into the second question. Um, your your story does. I mean, um, that was actually a segue. I'm not making it into a segue. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was waiting um, because. The next question that I've been kind of um, bouncing around is, do I know and act out of my identity? Um, Like, do I know my identity 
And is that foundational knowledge what I'm acting out of in my daily life? Because, and so, so that's what I see happen, what happened in this story that you just told is like, you, you had the, the confidence, like, you know, yourself loved, you know, yourself a son of God, you, you know, what you're living for, you know, your goals, you know, all of that, um, and in all of that, you were able to to bring the Lord to this conversation um, or to allow the space for him to enter into this conversation. Um, and then also to have the confidence to say, um, I'm no longer asking to, <laughs> to, to the, the Lord is no longer asking me to be here and to put forth this thing and to, to be active in this ministry in this moment. Like now the time is up. And the reason I've been pondering that is because having just, um, you know, we just celebrated the baptism of the Lord as we're recording this. Uh, and t- is today the leave taking? Is that why you said today's? Yes. Uh, okay. Um, it's harder to keep track of that stuff when I'm on <laughs> home visit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I'm still praying just for the record. Nobody judge me, but uh, if you're, never mind. Um, and so I've been praying with, um, the, the passage of the baptism of our Lord. And I was praying with this also on the day of reflection that I've mentioned a couple of times that Mother Gabriella led at a parish, but it, it struck me um, because the baptism of the Lord is, um, is like the very last thing before he begins his public ministry, right? So he has no public ministry until after the baptism, Right. And um, so at his baptism in the Jordan, John the Baptist and those around hear and Jesus, um, the, the Holy Spirit descends. They hear the voice come from the heavens. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Yes. 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 Um, do you remember what the very next thing is that happens after the baptism of the Lord? I'm throwing you under the bus here. He I'm goes sorry. to the desert. Yes. Fasts and then is tempted. Yes. So immediately after this foundational truth of his identity, you are my beloved son, he now goes into the desert and is tempted. Um, and do you know, I would not expect you to know this. So it's fine if you don't. But like, <laughs> <Good> disclaimer. <laughs> do you know, <clears throat> because I didn't know it until I just happened to be praying with this and then see it in the scriptures. Um, the very first words that that the devil speaks to him in the desert. Mind-blowing. Does he identify him as God? Yeah. Or If you are the son of God. Oh, okay. That's how the temptations begin. Hmm. If you are the son of God, it's like the very first thing that the devil does is to hmm. try to make him question the identity. Interesting. Like after um, after the baptism where Jesus yes. says, this is my beloved son. Baptism, ah, nice. this is my beloved like son. Very next thing, Jesus goes into the desert. Hmm. He fasts and the, des- and the devil says, if you are the son of God, hmm. Um, hmm. then do these things. And so it's like, he's immediately trying to test and like, um and make him doubt that identity um and which obviously he doesn't succeed we all know that um but i think that this is this was like so revelatory for me in so many ways one is that how often do we just have like 
such zeal and we just want to do and we just want to witness and we just want to like have these ministries and things like that. And we're not working on our foundational relationship with the Lord first. (laughs) And so we just like go out and do, and we immediately like encounter all of these temptations. We encounter these doubts, we encounter these struggles and we don't have, we don't have the foundational truth to rely upon um, because we've not yet accepted it. Right. And so it's like, I go out and I try to do ministry and the devil doesn't like that. And so the devil's attacking me and I don't have the strength to counter him because I don't honestly yet believe that I'm a son of God or a daughter of God or whatever it is, you know, like this happens all the time and, and it's how people lose their faith. It's how people get disheartened. It's how people, um, despair and, and, and get burnt out and all of these things. And so, for one, it was the reminder to me because this is really important in in doing our podcast. And you know, if I'm like doing interviews on Pints with Aquinas or things like that, like I I need to be constantly coming back to that source and to be constantly refreshed and and reminded of my identity because without that, I will not have the courage to withstand. Um, and. Yeah, so it was like a big reminder for me of that. Um, and yeah, and it's also just, I don't know. I don't remember the other things, but that was like, yeah. I want one story that reminds me, it's made me think of how the rubber hits the road with that concept is um, a young person came up to me the other day and said, <laughs> said, um, Father, can I go to confession? Um, but I need... If I go to confession to you right now, I need you to do something for me. And I was like, uh, well, what is it? And he goes, you have to forget what I said last time and you have to forget what I'm going to say this time. <laughs> and I was like, great thing um, that they're asking yep, you. That, that's, that's something I could do. And, th- and then they said, and then this is obviously outside of confession. And then they just said, um, because I said last time, I will never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, I didn't remember the last confession, but I was like, and and they were they were so. Did you tell him like or her? Did you did you tell them like I, I don't remember yesterday? <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I did not, and I don't think they're a podcast host, so I don't think they know that. But it was it was funny because I thought this is this is the devil. Like you you the devil is is the devil has convinced you that when you said I know I know no no I will never do this again. And we all need to say that. I said that's what makes a confession valid. I mean, what makes a confession valid, especially this is a Roman Catholic kid, like you you have to have that that complete, sincere desire and and goodwill attempt to never do it again. So if we leave the confession like suspecting we'll do it again because we're weak, that's of course fine. But if if we leave saying, Yeah, I'm already kind of planning the next time around, I'm not gonna avoid the near occasion of sin. They don't, no, that that's not that's not a valid confession in 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 the, the strictest of the, the more beautifully legalistic ways of seeing confession. But um there is a I thought this is this is the devil telling this person, you know, you said you'd never do this again, and you really believed it. There's something wrong with you. You did it again, so you and you can't even you can't even commit to that. You know, whereas there's a there's a beautiful understanding of like I'm not going to promise. I'm I'm not going to 
the devil just wants us to despair when we can't. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to say it because we we do we do want to in those moments, but there's so many moments in our faith. We do in those moments need to say, "I'm going to do my best to never do this again." Um, but when we if when we do it again out of weakness, um, and then or even out of intentional sin, malicious sin, uh, the devil is going to say, "Remember what you said," you know, and and this. This person was like living out of that. They they were they were saying to me, you know, I I really thought that, and now I am very very shamed that I have to go to confession again for the same thing. And I think that I think that's similar to God saying, "You're my beloved son." And the devil saying, "Yeah, like, are you really? You know, mm-hmm. you need to prove it with these things." And then this 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 young person says, "I'm a I'm a Christian. I'm dedicated to not falling into sin." And then then and God forgave me. He supported me in that. And then all of a sudden, the devil's like, "But really, are you? Mm-hmm. I, like you 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 couldn't even do that." And so there's um there's a chance I, I felt for this person because I thought, you know, you're, you're in a good place right now. Our Lord's caring for you. You're asking for confession again. You're almost joking about, you know, the fact that you're going to have to confess the same thing again. Um, but then, but then the devil is going to continue to work. The devil is very, very patient and persevering in these attacks. And I just thought, so I, I, I try to re- reassure them to say, you know, just please let yourself get back up and go to confession again. That That's mm-hmm. a very important thing like you're doing right now. So com- I commend you. Yeah. Um, yeah. It makes me think, you know, and it's interesting. The reason I say it, the question has become for me, do I know and act out of my identity is because something I'm, I'll probably do an entire episode on this eventually, but um, I'm, I'm doing a, um, my friend Greg Bataro has a podcast and, I'm going on that on Monday, and it's coming out in a couple weeks, probably sometime around the same time as this episode. Um, but something that I'm probably going to talk about, on, I don't know. I don't know if he lets me decide. But uh, on his podcast is like something I've been experiencing recently is I'm, I've been noticing that like some of my actions don't make sense. And this goes back to that first question, like has my life been changed Um, Am I living differently? Some of my actions are still the same actions um, that I've been doing for years that I know are not, and I'm I'm not talking about sin. I'm just saying like defense mechanisms or um, things like that. And um, and I've recently been realizing that like, if I, if I look at those and I and I think, why why did I act that way? Why did I say that? Why did I hide this? Why did I whatever? And I like kind of trace the trail back to where that action was first inspired from. I'm finding these foundational lies that I believed for most of my life. And um and then when I get to that point, I no longer believe those lies. It's not even like Oh, I still some part like some part of me believes them, or like I know in my head it's not true, but I still believe it in my heart. Like, no, I just I don't believe them anymore at all. Um, and so when I can get to that point and see the lie that it's coming from, I can say I don't believe that anymore, and then it dismisses Amen. all the rest. Um, that is such a hope filled testimony and message, like Fotina's, that people need to hear. Yeah, like you you can get to the point where where you feel so burdened by the lies of the devil, feel so attacked and, and convinced of them, and, and you act out of those lies 
we all do that and you can get to the point where where you not only identify them as lies which we almost always do with the help of others but we actually don't respond the same, the way we used to like that that is real growth and holiness and growth and virtue because th- th- that that's also impossible without God. It's not mm-hmm. like I just, I became stronger, you know, through effort. But it's right. I, like, the devil is always gonna be stronger than us. There's no way like I'm now stronger than the devil. Like that's, eh, watch out, you know, but with, with you're saying, I cannot do this without you, Lord. Mm-hmm. And and our Lord stepped in and, and he allowed me to grow, to truly grow in strength and virtue, but also, um, to to empower that growth, support it, encourage it, and fill up what is lacking in my own growth in order to be less susceptible to these lies of the devil. Yeah, and so so the thing is, like, I'm still seeing myself act out of those lies um, at points, and then it's only once I like look at the action and then trace it back can I then realize the lie, say I don't believe the lie, and then dismiss the rest of it and try to change that acting out of. But it's like it's fascinating to see, um, and I think as I as I recognize that um, more and more quickly, I'm starting to be able to adapt and no longer act out of the things, you know. Um, and it's like a slow process, but I think that my reaction time is becoming faster as time goes on until hopefully it gets to the point where it's like I'm no longer even acting out of it at all. Um, and so I think sometimes it's like we know our identity and and we've accepted it and everything, but um, but we didn't know it for such a long time that we're still in the habit of acting out of the not knowing. Um and so uh, I think it's just a fascinating thing to look at of like, and, and this, is, <laughs> this is very Eastern, right? Like this is, what, this is why the fathers talk about, um, about watchfulness, about, about guarding, guarding the heart and guarding the intellect and like examining the thoughts as soon as they enter. Because it's like, if we can, if we can, if we can cut it off right at the beginning, if we can recognize the lie right at the start, um, which that's the thing that I think I'm starting to do quicker and quicker. And if we can recognize the lie right at the start, then it changes everything that comes after. And it's that, that ripple effect. Um, uh, speaking of which, um, I'm going to, I'm going to end here because, um, in just a minute, because we need to, to wrap up early today, but, uh, the, I recently messed up another idiom. <laughs> it was two of them actually, and they were very funny. Um, this is going to be like an ongoing segment at the end of our, <laughs> what idioms has mother messed up this week? <laughs> so one of them was, I said that I was talking about this to someone, which is what made me think of it. And I said, we just have to cut it. We just have to cut them off at the bud. And they, and I was like, as soon as it came out, I was like, that wasn't, there's something not right. And they said, nip it in the bud. <laughs> nip it in the bud isn't the phrase. Um, and I like, but the concept of nipping something in the bud is like. It's almost like you're translating from a different language. Yeah, I know. And you're just like saying I know. English words. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because it's like, it's like, you know, before, before, um, a flower blossoms or whatever, like nip it mm-hmm. off before it even nip it. No, mm-hmm. nip it. Ugh, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> <it's> not, <laughs> which means cutting it off would also be, a, but that's not what people say. And then the other one was we were in a restaurant and <laughs> I was like, man, 
that that guy looks just like so and so out of the side of my eye. <laughs> out of the side of my eye. Um which literally speaking is like yeah. Seems not really different from the corner of my eye, the side of my eye, but whatever. this is just an insight into how your brain works. So, like some people just memorize phrases, and so they don't. They don't. That's why they say something like mm. that because of the word order, and they just mm-hmm. say it in the word order that it is, and that they have this phrase memorized. You actually like visualize what oh, the absolutely. idiom is. And and then you you like retranslate it in your brain according yep. to what you're seeing, <laughs> and then you say that out loud. <laughs> yeah, like that's why I got it wrong. The waiting for the other shoe to drop, I mm. I didn't know the origin of that, and so mm. in my mind, it's like someone is walking mid stride, and you're just waiting for the second shoe to drop as they're walking. Um, mm. So they're like mid stride, and that foot's coming down, and so that's why I said I was waiting for the other foot to fall. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right. Um, We're going to wrap up. I'm going to end with one more question for people, but I'm not going to share my own reflections on it because of time. Uh, But one other one that I think is uh, a really, really, this is one I've been reflecting on in my own life for many years, and it always strikes me in this passage, is in um, um, John chapter 5. Yes, John chapter 5. when Jesus goes to um, the man who's paralyzed um, and one of the men who's, who's paralyzed, um, he says to him um, in John chapter five, verse six, do you want to be healed? Right. And we've talked about this before, Father Michael, um, on previous podcasts, because the man's response is to come up with all of these reasons why he can't be healed. He doesn't have someone to put him in. He doesn't. And, um, and I think that's often what we do in our own lives. Like Jesus says, do you want to be healed? And we come up with, with um, consciously or subconsciously all the reasons why we can't be healed and all of the circumstances and all of that. But it's like, we know enough stories of the saints to know that um, n- none of those things are insurmountable to the Lord and he can overcome those circumstances. And so, that's the question we have to constantly be asking ourselves, not in general, but even like in every day and every moment, do you want to be healed? Um, and do you want it enough that you're willing to make the changes to go through the pain of healing? Because healing hurts. Um, there's rehab and physical therapy and <laughs> bones that are mending and all of that. Um, and do you want to be healed is the last question. So um, we're not sharing reflections on that. We're wrapping up, but um, on that note, um, for prayer intentions, oh, I'm supposed to do all the things first. Um, um, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, at Padre Michael O. Um, Facebook, I don't know if I said that. Um you are welcome to email us what God is not podcast at gmail.com. You can go on our website whatgodisnot.com or the website for our nonprofit, which is fotina.org. Fotina is the woman at the well that we were talking about. P-H-O-Tina.org. Um and uh we're on Goodreads and the activity on our Goodreads page is like amazing. It's really cool just how many people nice. interact on that. Um and I think that 
that's it. You can support us on Patreon if you'd like. That supports our nonprofit, uh, which includes, under the umbrella of the nonprofit, includes everything that we need for this podcast. I recently had to get some new equipment and things like that. Um, so it supports things like that, as well as our um, our ministry to the poor um, and our tithing and things like that. Um are those all the things, do you think, Father Michael? Uh, we're also on, uh, I was just looking, we're on, uh, well, Apple Podcasts where you can rate and review. Oh, yes. Please do that. That's Say nice things. Um, Uh-oh. You paused. <laughs> what? I, I think our our uh, our video, at least, is, is, is crazy, oh. but you paused in actually a very, like, like model pose. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I was like, man. what is she? Oh, she's paused. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Um, it's funny because usually when it freezes on me, it is yeah. not nice. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad I look like a model yeah, for Somebody once. on our team posted a picture of me on the podcast Instagram, like talking to kids, like giving a children's homily. And I'm, I'm oh holding a knife gosh, on Jesus. Oh my gosh, you look scary. I look horrible. I know. Who did that? No, just kidding. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you it's, look, it's very humbling. You look so scary. You're like I should be you looking look like at you're Jesus threatening the, the children. Um, oh, I always in all my in all the photos of my children's homies, I look that way. In adult homilies, like I have a very intense. I know you face do. You raise your eyebrows, and I know it's really yeah, like this. Um. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, prayer intentions. This last one. Do you want to be healed and all the things? Um, please pray for my grandma Roberta, who um, she's in rehab for pneumonia right now. As this is coming, as we're recording this, um, hopefully by the time this comes out, she's out of rehab. But um, I, I kind of just feel like she's maybe. Um, maybe in her last year, maybe less, maybe six months. I don't know. Anyways, um, just pray for her because she, um, she's afraid and she's struggling and, um, she could use consolation. Um, so yeah, honestly, if anyone, uh, this just came to me, but if any of you want to like give an act of service or something like that, and you want to just send her a card and say, I'm friends with your granddaughter and I'm praying for you. I think that she would be really, really moved by that because mm, she feels very lonely. Um, so cool. if you want to do that, go ahead and email us and I'd be glad to give you um, her address to send her a card. Um, Great idea. But please pray for her. Her name's Roberta. Um, my intention is please pray for the, um, I don't want to give any names yet because I just found out this morning, um, but a, a really close friend of mine's sister was in rehab, and she was in lockdown rehab, and she got out, and they they, they just found her dead this morning. Um, and then, uh, so please pray for her soul, and then for the just the the peace and the mourning of my buddy and his entire family. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's just one. It's one of those things where it's like you know, way too young tragedy. Just life is life is really rough. For some people, and and we don't like the devil is so real, and our Lord's love is even realer. Um, but we just were confused, and it's a beautiful confusion because we have to surrender everything to Christ. So, please pray for uh, for her soul and for the for the peace and 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 healthy mourning of my buddy and his family. Absolutely. Um, 
Thanks, Father Michael. I feel like it's been a really long time and I've missed your face and I love you I and all those things. It's good to have you back too after a few episodes without you. Yeah. So, it's going to be fun to though. Like I never listened to our podcast and yeah. this will be the first time that I actually listened to our podcast. Nice. So that's kind there of fun. I'll get there to listen to the episodes and hopefully you guys didn't um, roast me too bad on them. So we'll see. I, I, we actually, it was all praise. It was all like, we miss Mother Natalia. Oh. And then at one point in my hotel room, I was drinking scotch and I poured some out for you on the floor of the hotel room. So Aww. my my apologies to the uh, the maid who had to clean up the scotch. I intentionally poured out for Mother to tell you who's not with us. I'm just kidding. I didn't pour it out. I almost did though. Aww. I was tempted That's to. Sweet that you thought of it though. <laughs> <laughs> was that when you were hanging out with Father Travis? Yeah, I think I think I had the idea when, when I was hanging out with Father Travis, and I actually did it when I was with Joseph and Seska, <laughs> <laughs> or almost did it when I was with Joseph yeah. and Seska. I'll okay. have to listen to it to find out. Um. All right. Well, Father, can you please give us a blessing? May the Lord bless you and keep you. God's face shall shine upon you, have mercy on you. May you be always a learner. May you always be asking yourself the questions that our Lord proposes to you. May you, through those questions and the answers that you work through, may you continually to grow in holiness, building up the kingdom of God, receiving the grace, the protection of the mother of God and our Lord's guidance. May our Lord always protect you from the attacks of the devil and the times when he allows you to be tempted. May you respond to those opportunities with grace, with conversion, with the growth in holiness. May you be a light in the darkness and a earthen vessel carrying the light of Christ to all those in your life, truly a witness throughout your life of holiness. May you desire more holiness and never be content with how close you are to Christ. May you reject any attacks of the devil towards pride or arrogance or the judgment of others. May the Lord give you everything you need to respond to every one of his graces. May the Lord bless you with the salvation of your soul. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.